Well, church, have you ever felt like you don't add anything to the life of the church? Have you ever felt like you have nothing to offer in the midst of this worshiping community? Have you ever felt like your presence here, whether you show up or not, doesn't really matter? Like you could come or go and it would make no real difference. If you've never necessarily thought that way, have you lived as if any of those things were true? Those are hard feelings to feel. If you've ever felt that way in any capacity, I want you to know that you're not alone. Lots of people feel that way. But you're also not correct. And your continued belief in that misconception serves you no purpose other than to hold you and your church community back from being what God has called us and created us to be. And so today in our sermon, as we continue in our summer sermon series, where we're looking at the various metaphors for the church that are given to us in the scriptures, we are going to put all of those questions, all of those doubts, Lord willing, all of those practices to rest. And the Apostle Paul is going to show you how your presence and your active participation in this church are not only valuable, but they are essential in order for the church to be what God has created her to be. That's what today's metaphor is going to show us. So if you've ever had any doubt about your value or your significance or whether your presence in this or in any other church matters... I want you to listen closely today, and I want you to consider deeply the meaning and the significance of this metaphor for your life and for your relationship with the church. As we mentioned at the beginning of this series, uh, a metaphor is, is simply a figure of speech that describes an object in a way that isn't literally true but helps explain an idea in a descriptive way so that the thing that you are considering can be better understood. So so the metaphors for the church that we are given in the scriptures, they give us illustrations and they give us images that help us understand what the church is, who we are to be, how we are to relate with one another and with the Lord in this life and in the life to come. So far, we've considered the church as the bride of Christ. And the church as the family of God. And those images have helped us understand God's love for us as as we are wed to Him. Uh, He is the bridegroom. We are the bride. And it's helped us understand our nature of our relationships with Him and one another. As we've talked about the family of God being adopted together as brothers and sisters. Adopted children of God. Today we're looking at a metaphor that draws us even closer into relationship with one another and brings us into even greater dependence upon one another than either of the previous two have. Today we're considering the metaphor of the church as a body. Specifically the church as the body of Christ. What does that image tell us about who we are and how we are to relate to Jesus and to one another. 
Now, the metaphor of the church as a body is referenced uh, at least a dozen places throughout the New Testament scriptures. But the most descriptive and the most thorough um, explanation of this metaphor is found in our New Testament reading that we just had read out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So if you have a Bible, I want to invite you to open there with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse 12, as we're going to consider together what this metaphor means And why this metaphor matters. What it means and why it matters. First, what does this metaphor mean? There's two main ideas that Paul uh, intends for this metaphor to communicate, which he explains here in 1 Corinthians 12. They're found in verses 14 through 20, where Paul makes the point that first, every part of a body is unique. And second, that every part of a body is essential. Every part is unique and every part is essential. That's what this metaphor shows us. And that's what it means. Okay? So first, every part of a body is unique. And in verses 14 through 16, Paul writes, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, Uh, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. What Paul's showing here is that just because one part of the body doesn't do what another part of the body does. It doesn't look the same, doesn't, doesn't function the same. That does not make it any less a part of the body. A foot and a hand and an eye and an ear, they look different, they function differently, they accomplish different purposes, they exist for different reasons, but they are all a part of the same body. Simply because one isn't like the other, that doesn't make it not a part of the body. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Paul says. So essential to the existence of a body is that it is comprised of many different parts. And Paul's point here in describing the many and various parts that make up a body is that the same is true for you and for me within the life of the church. Each and every one of us is different and unique. In who we are, in the gifts that we have, and in the roles that we play in the life of the church. And just because you don't have the same role or the same function or the same ability as someone else, that does not make you any less a part of the community. Because a body isn't made up of one member, but of many. A foot is no less a part of a body than a hand is. An ear is no less a part of a body than an eye is. The same is true of you and me. You may not be like me, and I may not be like you. You may not be able to do the things that I can do. I may not be able to do the things that you can do. But the fact that we are different from one another doesn't make either one of us less a part of the community of faith. Less a part of the body of Christ. In fact, it's our differences that actually allow us to be comprised into the body. Because every part of a body is unique. 
And as a result of that, I want to ask you a question this morning. What is the unique role that you play within the body of Christ? If a body is made up of all different parts that do different things, what part are you? Are you aware of some of the ways that God has made you unique and distinct in his fearful and wonderful creation of you? Do you know the specific gifts and unique abilities that he has given to you, that he intends for you to use for the healthy functioning of the church? Have you discovered the unique passions that you have? Have you figured out how you can put those passions to work in the life of this church to support and to strengthen the ministries that are already happen, happening or to begin and to build the ministries that are not already happening but that need to be happening? What part of the body are you? Whether you realize it or not, you have a role to play within this community of faith. Because the body does not consist of one part, but of many. So what part are you? The first thing this metaphor of the church as the body illustrates for us is that every part of a body is unique. It also tells us that every part of a body is essential. That's where Paul goes next in his argument. In verses 17 through 20, he picks up and he writes, If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts and yet one body. So it's not just that every part of the body is unique, but every part of the body is essential. We see that reality through this silly illustration, imagining that the entire body is only being made up of one part of the body. When I read that, I envisioned the guy from the, the old Afrin nasal spray commercial. You remember, you remember that one at all? He, he gets up out of bed and he's just one giant, red, stuffy, congested nose, right? The body doesn't work that way. He doesn't even have eyes. How is he ever going to find the Kleenex or his Afrin spray bottle that he so clearly, desperately needs, Right? We're all the same. It just doesn't work. These ridiculous images show us the absurdity of having all of the body being made up of only one part of a body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would be its sense of smell? Paul's showing us that not only is each part of the body unique in the role that it plays, but each part is also essential in the proper and healthy functioning of the body. First, every part has to be present. But second, every part must fulfill its role in order for a body to work. If all were a single member, where would the body be? Paul asks. A body where everyone is the same isn't a body, it's just part of a body. And it doesn't work. 
The same is true in the life of the church. Each and every person must be present, bringing their own unique gifts to bear in order for the body to function properly. It's essential. You are essential in that. So let me ask you another question this morning. Are you participating in the life of this church as if your presence here was essential? Are you showing up and worshiping and serving in the midst of this community week in and week out as one part of many? Working together for the proper functioning of the whole. This is what the metaphor of the church as a body explains for us that we are supposed to do. And if that's not happening for you, if you're not functioning in that way, then I want to genuinely ask you the question, why not? Why not? It may be that we've never helped you to find your part. If that's the case, I want to sincerely apologize. And I want to invite you to reach out to me and to initiate a conversation about how you might play a role in the life of this church. How you can bring your unique gifts and abilities to bear on the community of this faith. Because you have a role to play. If there's another reason why you're not actively participating in the body life of the church, I'd love for you to let me know why. Even if that's a a hard conversation to have. Because it's an important conversation to have. If you don't know why you're not actively participating in the life of the church, then I'd encourage you to search your heart and to ask the question why. Consider becoming more involved. Because the scriptures make clear that you have a unique and essential role to play within this church body. We need you to do what you do, to be who you are, in order for us to be who we're supposed to be. That's how a body works. Paul shows us through the metaphor of the body that within the community of faith, we all have a unique role to fill. And that role is essential to the proper functioning of the church. That's what this this metaphor of the church as a body means. But why does it matter? That's the second question that we're considering this morning. And it's really the more important question ultimately, isn't it? Why does this metaphor of the church as a body matter? Why does Paul want you to know that you have a unique and essential role to play in the midst of the life of the church? That's what he explains next. In in verses 21 through 26, look there with me. As, As a result of all that's been said up to this point, Paul writes, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And on our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. 
But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. What he's saying here is that the metaphor of the church as the body of Christ shows to each and every one of us our true and proper value. And it does so in two profound ways. First, it makes the person who thinks that they are the most valuable, that they have the most to offer, that they have the ultimate worth in the body, it makes that person realize that they are not nearly as important as they think they are. On the flip side, it makes the person who feels they have little value, little to offer, little worth to the life of the body. It makes that person realize that they have incredible value, much to offer, and significant worth to the body. This metaphor of the the church as a body, it brings down the prideful in their feeling of self-sufficiency, and it raises up the lowly in their feeling of unworthiness or uselessness. And so the metaphor, uh, this metaphor, it essentially right-sizes each and every one of us. Let's look at how it does that together. First, first it brings down the prideful. In verse 21, Paul writes that the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. For there is no part of the body that is so important that it doesn't need the rest of the body. There is no person in this church or in any healthy church that is so important that it all depends upon them. That they don't need anyone else. Instead, we are mutually dependent upon one another in the life of a body. The heart can't function without the lungs. A foot can't take you anywhere without an ankle. The most prominent parts need the least prominent parts. Just as much as the least prominent parts need the most prominent parts. And as a result, this metaphor should humble us when we need to be humbled. Because of our mutual dependence upon one another. But this image of the body should also lift us up when we need to be lifted up. And that's where Paul goes next. He says that no part of the body can say to the other part that I don't need you. And then in verse 22, he continues and says, on the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. You know what that means? That means that there are no useless parts of the body. Every part has a necessary value to add and contribution to make to the whole. You are indispensable to the proper and healthy functioning of this church body. It's funny, I was having breakfast on Thursday with two doctors, and I was thinking about all of this, and I asked them, if if in a human body are there any useless parts, any parts that don't serve a purpose, that don't have a a, a function. And it it was fascinating to listen to them talk back and forth and think about this a little bit. 
Because the conversation started with them talking about uh, tonsils and how for a long time uh, doctors thought that tonsils were basically useless. And as a result, they were always quick to take them out whenever they got infected. Anybody that's over 30 or 40 years old remembers that being a very common thing. You just take tonsils out whenever they get infected. But then the medical community eventually realized that tonsils actually serve as an immune tissue that creates important antibodies that fight infections and that keep us healthy. So unless it's absolutely necessary... Tonsils aren't taken out of the body anymore. And then they talked about the appendix, which the medical community has known exists in the body for more than 500 years. But they never knew what purpose it served until 2007. When they discovered that the appendix plays a role in both the digestive and immune systems by acting as storehouses for valuable bacteria. So even the parts of the body that were previously thought to be worthless, that, we, that we, we thought served no purpose, we're discovering that they serve a significant function for the health and well-being of the body. It's true of every single part of our bodies. Even the male nipple. <laughs> there's speculation that there's a purpose for the male nipple. Every part serves a purpose. There are no useless, worthless, throwaway, unnecessary parts. In order for the body to function as it is intended to function, every member of the body must do its part. Every part has an essential value. It's true for our physical bodies, and it's true for the body of Christ as well. Even if you've never known your value before, Even if you don't know what your role is. Even if you've never known how you contribute to the life of a church. I want to affirm to you this morning that you do. You matter. You play an important role by your presence here. You may not have discovered how yet, but you do. It took the appendix 500 years to discover its value. So there's time for you to figure out yours as well. Whether you know how you contribute to the life of the church or not, you do contribute. Your presence here matters because every part is unique and every part is essential. And so every part matters. And as a result, there is no thinking too highly of yourself in the body of Christ because we all depend upon each other. And there is no thinking too lowly of yourself in the body of Christ because everyone has an essential role to play that the rest of the body values and depends upon. And when we begin to figure this out, when we realize the significance of the role that we are to play and when we rightly value the role that others are to play, When each part begins working properly and the body begins to function as it was designed to function, do you know what happens? Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 4, which is another part of the New Testament where he's talking about the body of Christ. And in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 16, Paul says that when the whole body is joined and held together... 
by every joint with which it is equipped. And when each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. When you show up and do your part, and when I show up and do my part, and when we are joined together with Christ as our head, the church grows. Paul says it grows up in every way. We grow deeper in our faith and our love of Jesus. We grow bigger as a body, as a community of faith. Physically, we grow larger. We grow more and more into the image of Jesus. Into the body of Christ here on earth. And that's why this metaphor matters. Because when we get it right, when we come together, when everybody plays their part, the church grows together. This is God's desire for us. This is his plan for the church. This is what the Lord wants for you and for me to experience. That we all depend upon one another and use our gifts together to help grow the body of Christ. His presence in the world. We were singing about it earlier. We read about it earlier in our gospel. That we might be one that Christ may be known in the world. You know how I know that this is his plan for us? You know how I know that, that this matters? This is what he wants of us? Because he made it that way. It's how he designed us. It's his purpose and his plan for us. We see it over and over again throughout this passage in 1 Corinthians that we've been looking at this morning. Look at verse 18 where it says that God has arranged the members of the body, each one of them, just as he chose. Then again in verse 24 we're told that God is the one who has composed the body. He put it together just the way that he wanted it. Verse 28, we read that God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracle workers, then gifts of healing, then helping and administering. And on and on and on it goes with all of the unique and varied gifts and people that God has brought into the church. This was all God's idea. He gave the gifts. He assembled the pieces He put it together in the body of Christ. And he intends for you to play a part in it all so that the body grows to the glory of his name. This is what the Lord desires for us. This is what he wants for you. To know your value. To know your worth. To know the part that you play in him. And do you know how important it is to him? Do you know how important you are to him? In Acts chapter 20, Jesus tells us, the scriptures tell us, that Jesus obtained the church at the cost of his own blood. He died that you might experience this reality within the life of the church. Upon the cross, Jesus' physical body was destroyed so that his metaphorical body could be built up. 
Upon the cross, His body was torn apart so that this body could be built together. Upon the cross, His fleshly body gave up its life so that our spiritual body could receive His life. Jesus gave everything for the church. He gave everything for the body of Christ. He gave everything for you. So how will you respond? If you're already a part of the church, I encourage you to bring your life to bear on the body of the church. Bring your passions. Bring your gifts. Bring your life and spend it here. Helping the church to grow up in every way. To grow up into Christ who is our head. If you're not part of the church yet, then know that the Lord beckons you in. He invites you into this community to find your value, to find your worth, to find your significance, to find your purpose, to find your belonging within His body, within the body of Christ. This is the Lord's desire for us. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all of the members of the body, though many are one body, So it is with Christ. May it be so with us, his body here at Redeemer. For God's glory and for our good. Amen.